Hold the train. was Juanita Hall and company with Hold That Train. Radio Theater Omaha presents Theater of the Mind. And now, here's our host, Beth Kalal. Hi, welcome back to Radio Theater Omaha presents Theater of the Mind. I'm Beth Kalal, and today we have Brianna Carradine. We are so excited to have her here today. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I am doing really well. I'm excited to get to know you today and learn all about what you know. Yeah, I'm excited to share. Okay, let's get into the first questions. How did you get involved in theater work? When I was, I want to say, 11 years old, I was playing basketball, and while I think it's fun and I really enjoy the sport, it just wasn't, like, my thing, and my mom kind of noticed and wanted to find something for me to do because we all have to do something, right? So she enrolled me in some classes at the Rose, and it was history from there, and I just got really kind of obsessed with the theater world and acting and everything around it. And so I went really hard into doing theater throughout middle school, high school, college, all of that, and continue to do it now. So um, as I get older, I try to explore the other facets of it um, that aren't just acting, um, which is how I got into a little bit more directing stuff. I've also done some writing in the past. So it's been it's been a journey for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of fun. Yeah. What have you learned the most from being in theater? Oh, the ability to um, think on your feet, I think. And which is kind of funny because it's stuff I say in um, job interviews. <laughs> They're like, what is your like skill? And I'm like, I can think on my feet and creatively really quickly. Um, because with theater, you never know what happens, especially live theater. So you have to switch up as soon as possible and you have to make it make sense. Um, and so those are things that I've taken outside of my theater life and I place them into whatever I'm doing. That is fantastic. And how did you evolve into audio drama? Um, I, (laughs) uh, Stephanie just asked me if I wanted to do it. And I said, yeah, because like I said before, I wanted to explore other elements of theater. And this was just a new avenue that I didn't know a lot about. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to jump headfirst into something new. And I'm really excited that I did. It was, it was super fun. Mm -hmm. And you did fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. You were given three scripts. What led you to choose down the rabbit hole? Down the Rabbit Hole was the last script that I had gotten. The first two were really fun. I really liked them. But there was like a, I don't think, lack of realism. And if I'm going to explore something brand new, I wanted to the script to feel a little easy to me so that I can be as creative as possible and really like 
give it my all. And then like the next time I would probably do a more difficult script. Right. But um, there was that aspect. And I'm all about women. And the lead was a woman. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's that's this is this is a script for me. Let me put this up and have this female character be the star. So, yeah, that was what drew me to that one. Unless I speak directly to you, your majesty, be silent. You can't talk to me that way. I can and am. Oh. Only two gloobers left and they're starving. Already ate their cats. Now, your majesty, how many real people are there in the castle? That's really none of your business. Well, I'm making it my business. Yeah, I mean, it, it was the right decision because it went very well, so... <laughs> What was your favorite part of directing for radio theater? That's a good question. I think my favorite part was just the newness of all of it. I've been in the Omaha theater community for a couple of years now, and so the actors who show up for this are not the same actors who show up for other stuff. So I got to meet more people. And so I really enjoyed being with people that I never would have performed with before and experiencing their art and their talent in a different way than I would in another place in the city. Um, so that was really fun. And I think everyone says that the sound effects are so cool. So having like that happen and like listen to that and have to plan for that was really fun. Would you do another show for us? Anytime, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to keep directing or would you want to switch to acting, maybe learn sound effects, music? So I really liked the directing process. I probably would try acting like just for the experience because voice acting is so different from stage acting or TV acting or whatever. Um, but I really, really loved the directing process. I would want to do that again anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep you in mind. <laughs> what projects are you taking on for the future right now? Starting in the new year, I'll be um, assistant directing The Color Purple at the Omaha Community Playhouse. So I'm really excited um, to do that and work with Kathy Tyree, who is amazing. So that'll be super fun. Um, and the cast is so great. And it's one of my favorite stories. So I'm happy to be a part of that production. So in June, I'll be in Buffalo Women at the Blue Barn, um, which is a new work by um, Bofield Berry, who's an Omaha local also. So um, she workshopped it last year and has expanded it since then. So it's going to be a full-fledged production. And it's really cool. And I'm, again, I love like new things. I love experiencing new things. So I'm super excited to be a part of that too. That sounds fabulous. Thanks. We'll look forward to seeing you in those. What is the hardest part of being a director and how did you overcome those challenges? I think one of the hardest parts for me is um, I go in with probably a pretty clear vision of what I want. And sometimes the actors give me something totally different that might work better, that might be better. And so... And I think it's just like the stubborn Taurus in me that's like, no, that's not what I want. So it's about switching up and like allowing the creative process to grow with your crew, with your talent. And so if there's something even like on a design aspect or any other th thing like that, someone has a better idea. I think sometimes for me, it's hard to think that someone's idea was better. Um, but if I take a beat, take a second and I'm like, oh, you know what? That actually makes way more sense. And I like to create an environment that allows people to explore and create so that they feel as involved in the creative process as possible. But it requires me to, you know, let it happen. And I think that's sometimes a little bit difficult for me, but something I consistently work on. Because <laughs> two heads are always better than one. Yes. But you're not fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Here I can make a difference in your lives and in the kingdom. So no, I'm not going home. Now get this straight, your majesty. No war.
What is the most rewarding part of being a director? Seeing the finished product. Actually, I'm, that is one rewarding part. Something that I've had experience with in my directing life is discovering new talent. Um, I always have had actors in shows that maybe have not had a lot of experience before or not, are not as well known in this acting scene. And with that, it's just been really nice to watch them grow from there. Like one of the actors in my show was someone that I had in a previous um, directing thing, which was just a stage reading. And I discovered her there she wanted to get more into theater in town and um I was like her road in and now she's out auditioning for other stuff and trying other things because she found her way in through me and I love that feeling that I've helped someone take the next step into that journey yeah that's amazing being a mentor being a leader yeah seeing people achieve yeah yeah who is your greatest influence in theater you know you sent me the questions in advance, so I did look at that one, and that was really hard for me to come up with. Um, because it's when I think about my influence, I think about what has influenced me from the beginning to now. And I didn't have a lot of experience with theater, um, like live theater, as a child, because it was either like take classes or see shows, because financially we're not going to be able to do all of those things. But for me, I think my biggest influence would be any of the theater educators that I had the pleasure of working with, especially through high school. My high school drama teacher is this amazing woman who really saw a lot in me and helped me to find the next step. She challenged me as a performer. She introduced me to a lot of things that I necessarily wouldn't have had access to or wouldn't have known about. Um, so I, when I went into theater, I was like, I like being funny and I like acting and I love attention. But she was like, how about we take all of those things and turn it into something legit? And she really, um, she really challenged me and helped me grow. And then beyond that, I had a few teachers um, in college who I really respected and also challenged me in different ways. So I think that educators, especially in the theater world, are like super powerful. Because like I said, I didn't have experience to see live theater. I didn't know a lot about it, but I did have my teachers who gave me everything that they could. And how does that affect how you direct people? I think that I think of a lot of things that I do from an educator's perspective. I'm not an educator by any means, but it's less about perfect. It's more about getting the best result and growing along the way. And I think that's a lot about what teachers do, right? Like they don't want the, their students don't have to be perfect. They have to grow. And I try to teach my processes like that, like, from start to finish, we're going to grow this show into something that we're proud of. It doesn't have to be perfect and might have mistakes, which, you know, we'll avoid because it's theater, obviously. But the I want people to feel like they're growing through this. And that's kind of how I approach a lot of the directing stuff that I do. And how does it affect how you cast the people? I definitely have an idea of what I want, like I said before, but I try to stay as open-minded to who are coming into me. I want people to give me something different than I'm thinking which shows me that they may be capable of adjustment and 
even if they don't have the most experience, if they've done something cool or interesting, um, that's going to at least get my attention and I might start thinking differently. So um, it's I don't like to read resumes because I don't care. Um, I just want to know what you do right in front of me in this moment. Auditions are where it matters. I don't care about your previous history. I care about who you are in front of me today. And I, I think that comes from the whole teaching thing also I mean I remember they all started doing like a Scottish accent (laughs) yeah yeah and you just kind of rolled with that and let them keep going because that's where the creativeness was taking them yeah exactly I wanted them all to show me something different show me what their biggest strength was Um, and some of them were accents some of them were well just physicality but that doesn't work for a radio theater but um like I wanted them to give me their best selves um so yeah it was always so fun to like watch people explore especially with radio theater because you have to get something very specific out of their voices so if they're willing to explore in that room with me then they're going to be willing to explore while we're doing the rehearsal process we're looking for a sponsor for this podcast so that we can continue to provide more and better programming for those who love radio theater and especially radio theater in omaha Could that be you or your company? If interested, please use the contact form on our website at radiotheateromaha.com. I'm staying here in the Magic Kingdom, at least until you get this stupid war resolved. You can't just stay here. The Magic won't let you. Yes, I can. And yes, I am. Had a long talk with the Magic after Slero went back to the castle. The Magic and I agree, this war needs to end. Please share with me an example of how you helped coach or mentor someone. I don't know if I have, but I think that anybody who I would say that to would be like, well, you've done this. I don't, I can't think of like an exact example, but I do really like to be emotionally present for people in my life. So like... Not to get into it too much, but I'm a huge fan of Enneagrams. And so I'm an Enneagram type two. And so that means I'm a caregiver. I put a lot of people's needs before my own. Um, and I work on that. I'm doing better. I take care of myself. I think that sometimes with some of the stuff that I do to help others, it's very mentor-like. But I can't think of anything specific that like I've ever done. But I do know that people have told me this isn't me just being see and this is me that Enneagram 2 that's like talking myself down I can say this people have found value with having my presence in their life to help them get to next steps and I think that to me that's like as close to mentoring as I can probably express right now because I I don't know I just can't think of any perfect example but I do know that I I do my best to help people as much as I possibly can I'm an Enneagram 2 too yes so I feel yeah yeah So let's change this question up a little bit. What improvements did you see in the cast of Down the Rabbit Hole in their knowledge or skills from when they first came to auditions to when they performed? Yeah, um, I think that just switching your mindset from being a stage, film, TV, whatever actor to a radio actor is very difficult because as an actor... And this is something I understand personally. Our natural inclination is to turn our heads to communicate with each other, to physically embody something, um, and to move around, to all of that. And most of my actors 
had that experience more so than they had anything else. So it was so fun watching them like kind of struggle to fight against their own instincts to turn to look at the next person talk they're talking to. Because with radio theater, as we know, you have to really be focused on the mic. You can't move around a lot because the purpose is to be heard and not necessarily seen. And um, it was really fun and interesting to watch the actors adjust to that as much as possible. And also just with radio, you have to be able to show intensity without being loud or being quiet because it has to be heard. So having them adjust to that as well, it was really fun to watch them like switch up, try to figure out something else to do that made it made sense that didn't just live in their body, had to live in their voice instead. There they are. Let's get them. Uh, hold it right there. What? No one's getting anyone. You want to go home, Miss Rawson? Stand aside and let us finish this. Your work is done here. That goes into our next question. Is there a difference in directing audio drama and directing other stage productions? 100%. Um, with stage productions, you're working with the whole thing. So with sets, with costumes, with movement, all of that. With audio drama, you're really working on voices and sound effects. And while it sounds like minimal in comparison it is just as difficult because again the actors have to find different ways to express themselves while still being completely clear and heard and I had actors who had to play multiple characters so I need to make sure that their characters were very distinct from each other um, which is can be really difficult like you can have different accents but still sound the same and so it was really important that they found like a difference in those like levels and how they spoke so that we knew and identified that this was this person and this was this person even though it was the same actor or that they want to be angry and anger is loud and they can't be so you have to work on that and then when the sound effects come in you have to work with your actors to make space for the sound effects but also make sure it's not slow make sure the sounds match up to what you're supposed to be hearing we have sound effect artists who obviously does an incredible job with that. Like that was not, <laughs> not even a kind of a question. But when you like, when I think about it, grand scheme, like matching that up with what your actors are doing is such a such a fun challenge to put together. But I think that's the biggest difference. Like you really have to hone in on the sound and the sound exclusively. What challenge do you think you would develop? turning down the rabbit hole into like a stage production with costuming and set I just think it's I just think it's so much better listened to than on set so like the fantastical things like driving through a um what is it like it's a building um and then it turning from the real world to this magical underworld well that's like cool to listen to on stage it would be an absolute disaster to translate Um, and I think that that's what's so fun about it because when you do radio theater and you're listening you get to create what that looks like in your head Um, and it can be whatever you want it to be any person's interpretation of it can be completely different and I think that putting those things onto stage kind of for a script like this kind of takes away from like the magic and the joy of it so um, I think it would be really difficult and probably just like not should be done (laughs) Yeah. Answer the question. We outnumber the Gloobers. It doesn't take much to do that, Your Majesty. How many? In truth, 
what you see here, the four of us, that's all that's left. Mm -hmm. All those court members cheering and applauding. Just magic, wasn't it? Is there advice you have um, to those wanting to get into theater? Do it. Do it? <laughs> yeah, just do it. Like, I, why not? <laughs> we, it's just fun. <laughs> it, it is. Um, and there's so many opportunities. And if you're, I'm thinking, Omaha-based, there's so many opportunities to do different types of work here. So why not just try? You'll have a good time and you'll meet great people. So just do it. Yeah. <laughs> So earlier you said you liked writing. Would you ever write for us? I don't know if I have the brain. Everything I've ever written has been very dark um, and not fun. Um, It's really weird because it's not my personality, I think, as everybody knows. And I don't know if it would translate to the radio. But I really love Kent's writing style. And it was really fun to, like explore that different type um I don't know if I'm personally capable of that though so I don't I don't know it would it would be a lot of work I'm sure you're capable of anything (laughs) first of all second of all I think it takes a certain type of writing and sure and it's all about practice yeah that's true that's true put your mind to it I feel like you could do it it's possible anything's possible Mm -hmm. (laughs) is there any other positions or parts that interest you in radio theater Omaha I don't know um, I haven't really thought about it. Directing is my jam. I love that. I probably will audition to do voice acting at some point. But I just like to be a part of organizations in general. So anything I can do to promote it, then I would ab- absolutely do. I don't know. I haven't I haven't thought about it, but I'll always be around. <laughs> you can't get rid of me now. So I'll always be around promoting the things that you guys do, even if I'm not in the room. I like the sound of that. <laughs> And we'll always support you as well, because we want you to succeed in where you want. Thank you. We're looking for a sponsor for this podcast so that we can continue to provide more and better programming for those who love radio theater, and especially radio theater in Omaha. Could that be you or your company? If interested, please use the contact form on our website at radiotheateromaha.com. What is your dream show to direct? There is this musical called We Are the Tigers, and it is very, like, indie, and it's about a group of teenage girls who are on a cheerleading team, and they go to, like, a sleepaway camp. Some people get murdered. Um, But it's, like, campy um, a little bit. But what I love about the script is that it really explores the different things that, like, teenage girls go through um, in different areas. They're talking about taking the SATs or eating disorders or, like, substance abuse and things like that, and they're all supposed to be happy-go-lucky cheerleaders so people don't give it the attention that it deserves. And so I really, really would love to put that show somewhere and be the person who's in charge of creating it. Like, that is, I think about it probably twice a day about what I would do with that show and how I would make it as special as it feels to me. And it's very rare that I want to direct a show and not be in a show. And so that's why I know, like, I have a lot of passion for that because I don't have, I don't see myself in that cast. I see myself casting it, directing it, and making it something. So, yeah, that's one that I would want to do. Well, if there's any theaters listening, (laughs) you know where to contact us, and we can get you in touch with her as soon as possible. (laughs) 
What was your favorite show that you acted in? Also a good question. I would probably say, ooh, that's so hard. It's, I have have a little bit of love for every role I've ever done. It's They've all become a part of me in some way. Um, I think I have two that I can think of on top of my head. I was Sister Mary in a stage um, reading of Disaster, and that character is a nun with a gambling addiction. And um, she hit some real high notes that I didn't know I was capable of and was able to do in that show. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. Yeah. So it was like that big challenge for me. But also just like she was so fun and so funny and had like such I don't know it was it was just it wasn't something that I am normally casted to play so that's something that always sticks out in my head um and then I think man it's so hard I love everything I do um I probably would say parade um because the story the musical itself is really beautiful like it's just so uh it's so heart-wrenching and so it wasn't like the largest part, but the ensemble part of that show was just so great. And I loved being a part of like that whole production. I missed that show. That was a good one. What are your passions? And how did that lead you to be leads you to become a better director? Outside of this, if anyone asks, my passion, my number one answer is going to be theater because I love it. I love everything about it. I love creating fantastical worlds. No. I don't want to go home. Not right away. What? Not go home? Me going back home means I'm just one of thousands of computer programmers living overworked and mostly unhappy lives. Here, I have magic power. Shazam! But as I get older, I have a really, really, really intense passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's been a part of the work I did at my, my past job and at my current job. And I just love equality it's just so cool so um and so as a director I like to think of it as much as I can about how do we get women in front or how do we get people of color um a different chance how do we get people with different abilities the time to shine those people are just as worthy of the things that I get every day um and why not go out of my way to make sure that they get the same pleasure so I I'm just like real, real passionate about that kind of work, which I think leads to anything that I've done in my late life as an actor or as a director. I get I can get really picky about the stuff that I choose to do, one, because it's a hobby at this point in my life, so I can pick and choose the things I want to be a part of and two I don't want to tie myself to something that isn't like fulfilling for me so assistant directing something like the color purple it's a beautiful story about a black woman who's become super resilient I want to be a part of that or doing buffalo women later on it is a beautiful story about black women um after Juneteenth finding their freedom and going to find their um children or their homes or anything like that I want to be a part of stuff like that and with radio theater I wanted to be a part of a script like have a script that showcased a, a female lead um also I wanted to be a part of a theater that is different and providing different opportunities for different kinds of actors <laughs> You can't defy me. I'm King Mortimer. Yes, you are. And, yes, I can. And, yes, I am. 
Now, unless you want me to use my considerable magic to blow us all to bits, get those horses tethered, then come sit by the fire. We need to talk. And so that is my biggest passion, and I just, it's woven into anything that I do at this point. Well, since I don't think we have time to dig into that further, <laughs> would you like to come back sometime on our podcast and uh, talk about that? Oh, sure. Yes, yes. I'd love to. Yeah. That's all the questions I've had for you. Is there anything else you'd like to add about this? No, I just want to say thank you guys for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I hope we get to have you back sometime. Thank you very much. We enjoyed having you, and we can't wait for everyone else to learn all about you, because the more I learn about you, the more I want to be your friend. <laughs> it's pretty easy. I'm Anyone can be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast was produced at the podcast studio at Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and edited with music and sound effects by Brian Kokensparger, where not otherwise attributed. All content is copyrighted. We're looking for a sponsor for this podcast so that we can continue to provide more and better programming for those who love radio theater, and especially radio theater in Omaha. Could that be you or your company? If interested, please use the contact form on our website at radiotheateromaha.com. Mama, get on.